listening to the Construction Big Breakfast, where we give you a hearty serving of insider tips and business strategies to help fuel your day so you can thrive in the construction industry. Now, here's your host, Tip Top Tim Fitch. Hello, and welcome to the latest episode of the Construction Big Breakfast with me, your host, Tip Top Tim Fitch. And today, I'm uh, joined by two colleagues, one you'll have seen before, our COO, Cameron Foley. Say hi, Cam. Hi to everyone. And new face, new star, Aidan Bourne. Say hi, Aidan. Morning, Tim. Hi, anyway, good to, uh, good to see everyone this morning. And we're filming this uh, last working day of January uh, 2021. Uh, and so we've had a, a remarkable month. So we're filming this podcast. We wanted to introduce the world to Aidan, who joined us on Monday the 25th. So welcome, Aidan. Thank you. And of course, uh, as part of our very in-depth selection process, or new uh, team members joining Invent, we obviously had to ask some of those questions, which I believe you are still allowed to ask uh, in a completely inclusive and diverse way. The rules don't, as far as I'm aware, stop me from asking people about what they generally have for breakfast. And of course, uh, the first question in this podcast for new people is always, well, Aidan, what did you have for breakfast this morning? Well, it might be a new job, Tim, but I am a man of routine and uh, porridge made on the hob, I'll say, not in the microwave, none of that nonsense, um, with blueberries <laughs> and a spoonful of honey. Yeah. Well, that sounds like it probably passes muster and um, <laughs> you'll be able to just make a little note on your uh records hr records the fact that you do have a problem but we'll come back to the fact that it was porridge in a minute <laughs> cameron what did you have today well tim i'm also a man of tradition i'm a i'm a tea and toast man toast with butter and marmalade with bits with bits i like to be controversial in these things oh when you, you like the marmalade with the the, the rind in it yes the bits, the bits. Yeah, I like it. Nice bit of texture, texture to start the, the day off. Thick cut. <laughs> so this is a quite a good intro. Well, I, I had uh, my usual lockdown breakfast, two boiled eggs and toast, soldiers. But very interesting to hear Aidan's porridge, because, of course, where's porridge super popular? Up north. Well, Up very north, far north. Scotland. Yeah. And although you don't have <laughs> Scottish burr, yes. just tell me what you've been doing before you joined us. Uh, yeah, so I've just relocated from Edinburgh, um, where I had been running Hardscape's uh, Scottish operation, essentially. Um, Hardscape are a uh, hard landscaping consultancy supplier. Um, and we used to work on commercial projects, um, basically projects like the VNA in Dundee, um, Edinburgh St James, so big commercial scale projects. Um, and essentially, we would support uh, landscape architects or architects through the design process um, and take it all the way through to delivery. So through uh, technical design, 
um, through the tender process and then, yeah, as I say, through to delivery on site. And it would be materials from all over the world. So Chinese granite, um, European sandstones, uh, various natural stones from other parts of the world, but then also delving into concretes and clay and yeah, all sorts of things, really. Yeah, it's it's I mean, I, I always um, it always intrigues me. It always surprises me how massively diverse this ecosystem that we call construction is. Yes. Um, yeah, from in your case, uh, previous life uh, specifying and selling architectural materials to all of the other components that we've all been involved with in our previous lives. It's enormous and, you know, the the diversity of the type of people that you work with within that realm is just incredible. You know, the, the nuance of when you're working with Chinese factories versus then a UK supplier, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it can be pretty different. I guess the skill is being able to manage those different people. And I, and I take it that uh, your work involved a bit of international travel if you're dealing with uh, suppliers from abroad. Yeah, so I, I went out to China, I think in 2018. Um, do you know what? It's, it's so advanced and it's not what you would expect, you know, when you're dealing with natural stone, obviously it's got a long journey to get to site and you're trying to avoid any damage. So most of the quarries in China are located within about three hours of the ports. So somehow it's just the geology of the land, but um, the roads from the quarries to the ports are like F1 tracks, perfect tarmac, not a bump in the road. And so everything that travels down arrives at the port ready to go, no damage, and then it's put on a ship for six weeks. Fantastic. Yeah. It's, I have to say it's, it's amazing to hear that. It's a bit awesome. It's a bit worrying, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in equal measure. I mean, are you saying that the Chinese have constructed their road network to minimise the damage to architectural stone in transit? Or... Look, I, I don't think it's specifically to that, but I, it wouldn't surprise me, you know, it's, they can do whatever they like over there. That's the benefit of the way that country's run, right? If they want to close the road off and tarmac it, no one's going to complain. So, but, you know, they get on and do it. You mentioned the geology yes. of the landscape yeah, in China. I understand that you're background uh, is of interest to that as well. Yeah, so I studied geology at the University of Manchester um, and that's when I then joined, so left university and then joined Hardscape. So it was kind of a nice, a nice foot in the door into construction. Um, it's, uh, it definitely helps. I mean, it, yes, it helps with what we were looking at. I understood the different materials and how that worked. It was more that, you know, as a salesperson, people switched on when you tell people you're a geologist and you're working with natural stone. It was it was a nice um, bit of support when you needed it. You know, when you're on site in Scotland in the rain and hail and someone's telling you that a piece of stone's damaged or this is wrong, or, you know, turning around and telling them you're a geologist did kind of help at times. <laughs> <laughs> I'm speaking as of someone who's, who's uh, 
started my career as a geotechnical engineer. I can empathise. <laughs> Especially with the, the rainy bit in Scotland. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it may not be the best sort of thing to talk about at parties, but uh, you know, sometimes when you're down at home, it can be quite helpful. Yeah. Yeah, I can't say Abby particularly enjoys any of my geology talk, but yeah. So tell me about you. You, you studied in Manchester. Yeah. And that was what in the early was it in the about 2010 or something like that? Yeah, 2010 to 2013. Yeah. Um, and oh, I mean, I love Manchester as a student, and I then had I think another three years after university there. That city has just transformed in terms of the scale of the building going on. It's just unbelievable. But I mean, what a great story. Um, you should yeah. have been here in 1982 when I went. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're right, it's changed it, a lot. And, and massively. Yeah. Of course, I at the time I lived in, uh, I was studying in Salford, which is, yeah. to, it's a different city, it's walking distance from one to the other. And it it's completely transformed. Yeah. Now it's better, but. Um, yeah, it just shows you what can happen in one person's, I can say, working lifetime. I've got a few years left. Um, but looking back over all those years, it's really, really amazing what happens. Yeah. I mean, there's places uh, just off the northern quarter in Manchester that even when I lived there when I was working at Hardscape were just brownfield sites. And they're now whole communities that my mates live at you know, and bars, restaurants, blocks and blocks of flats. And it's happened in five, six years. It's just incredible. Phenomenal. So what, what took you from Manchester up to, up to Scotland then? So I started looking after Scotland as a territory, sales territory. Um, and I was up and down the road, you know, every week, um, staying in hotels and things like that. And I really saw the opportunity for us to kind of grab it up there because there's no specification work really going on by other companies. Um, you know, when you when you're working on a big construction site, if, if your site manager, or your project manager wants you there, they want you there in the next couple of hours. They don't want you there in three or four days time. So um, we didn't have any permanent presence up there. So I thought, okay, well, let's give this a go. I was at a stage in my life where I thought, you know, I'm young, I haven't got family or kids or anything like that. Let's, let's go give it a whirl, see what happens. And um, yeah, it just took off really. Uh, we, I think we started about 750 grand was about to, our rough turnover when I took over and we finished at about 4 million um, last year. And about halfway through, we opened an office on Charlotte Square um, so that we had a place for designers to come and look at materials and get hands on with it and then we get the university graduates in there so that they could get a feel for it and the first supplier they ever learn is hardscape so you know they'll forever know who hardscape are um and yeah and in edinburgh it was just a great place to be more than anything if someone gives you the opportunity to move to edinburgh you're gonna you're gonna grab it aren't you and again another fantastic city and what, what was the, the key differences between Manchester and Edinburgh for you then? What, what did you particularly like doing in Edinburgh? Uh, it's very different. 
it is very, very different. Um, I always say Edinburgh's like uh, the girlfriend you take home to your parents. You know, it's safe. It's pretty. <laughs> you know, it's, it, it's just parents will love you living there. I think when I lived in Manchester, my mum was a bit like, well, I'm not sure about that. You know, it's a bit of a scary place. Um, but Edinburgh's a, it's, it's just got so much to do, you know, and more than anything, you can get up to the Highlands as well. It's not just about Edinburgh, it's about the whole, everything you have access to when you're there. And, and did you take advantage of that? Yeah, yeah. I jump in the car on a Friday night, get up north, go stay in a, a little hotel somewhere that, you know, it's never flash, but it's just, you, you get the full culture of, you know, going north, um, head to the distilleries, take home your little, they give you little, um, like pipettes and little bottles, don't they? Because obviously you can't take, it's zero tolerance up there, so you can't actually do any of the tastings. Yeah. Well, so I mean, I have to say that when I was your age, we used to go out August for the, the fringe. Yeah. Which was when you're young, it's great fun, even if you have to sleep on someone's sofa. Yeah. I mean, our flat basically became a revolving door into a hotel because anyone and everyone had, can we come stay on your sofa? We'll just come for a couple of nights. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but what a month that is. It's, it seems quite mixed between residents and kind of, well, the locals seem quite mixed over what they enjoy. I mean, we were there for four years, so we just absolutely loved every minute of it. But I can imagine as in your 20th year, it might get a bit much. <laughs> I think wherever you are in the country, there's always something going off that happens every year. So where Cameron and I live, is they have a canal festival which this very morning was cancelled for the second year on the bounce because of uh, the epidemic. Of course, that's that's our version of fringe. <laughs> we have an influx of barges and uh, a very diverse group of people you get who live on barges full time. Yeah. Air full of that lovely wood wood burning smell. Oh, Loves it, yeah. As you as you walk through the, the canal at night, that lovely smell that you get, fantastic. How how big is this event? Oh, there's thousands of people who come to oh, it. Oh wow! Yeah. yeah, and it it's a it's a very interesting community because they are you know opposite where I live, literally, is the canal, and um, there are permanent moorings. And the people yeah. who have a permanent mooring are a very broad cross-section of society, ranging from people who, who you see their children walking on the towpath wearing their straw boaters going to the local private school in there, to people who have a very alternative lifestyle. And I wouldn't say it was wood burning you can smell as you walk down that towpath someday. <laughs> But it is an organic substance being burnt. So there's the full range of people, families, uh, as well as, you know, alternative lifestyle people. Yeah, it's an interesting good. subgroup. Nice event. And the event itself, so you've got the people there all the time, and then loads more turn up, and then they put rock bands on and stuff like that in the, in the, in the fields next to the canal. 
Yeah, it's a shame it's gone, but you know, what else can you do? I mean, it, it will not be a clever thing to do at the moment. No, but it'll be back. It'll be back, yeah. We'll be back. We'll be back. But we digress. It's, this is <laughs> this is all about you, Eden, because what one of the things that, that impressed Invent so much about you was not only are you a, a personable guy, but uh, the fact that you you built business in Scotland uh, and and how you went about it was was particularly impressive for us. Um, it's a great story, and, and perhaps you could just share with us some of the the key challenges that you had to overcome in in doing that because it's it's not an easy thing to do, especially in a different geography. Yeah, look, the geography was always an issue, and even to my last site visit up to Dundee in December, um, people still thought I'd come up from London to do the site visit and I'd been in Edinburgh for four years. You know, that was that was something I was never going to overcome. Um, I think the yeah, the difficulty was I wasn't local, but it was helped by being local, if that makes sense, you know, by being uh, by being there permanently and being able to be close to these people and kind of live amongst it. You've got to, you've got to be amongst these projects and particularly with big commercial projects, you know, you can drive around cities and you can see what's going on and you can knock on doors and say hello to people, which is a little bit old hat, but it works from time to time. Um, in terms of the strategy, it was really to push um, strong specification so in hardscape's case that's specifying you know a number of different project products across a project to make it more difficult for individual suppliers to pick you off um, if it was just chinese granite you know you're running with the wolves but if you were to specify you know concrete clay and granite then it plays into hardscape's hand um, because no one else can compete so influencing specifiers to do that kind of thing um, was definitely pushing our conversion rate up um, and that also pushes things like margin up and that that goes with it um, and then developing those contractual relationships was was kind of the next stage of it and you know uh, in December Hardscape employed a sales manager in Scotland and is a local Glasgow boy and he's exactly the right person to take it on because he can he'll be to, able to develop those contractual relationships in a way that I probably was always going to struggle to. Because um, he can be in amongst it and he'll do the golf days and he'll do, you know, the lighthouse events or whatever they are in, in Glasgow. So that'll be, um, that that was the right next step for the business, I believe, yeah. Nonetheless, what, what you achieved and, and your you put your your effort into it uh, what came out of the end was was a fantastic result for for your previous business and yeah uh, you know it's it's a brave move to to do that uh, and it, it paid off um, and we're very glad that, that you decided to move on yeah yeah <laughs> join us uh, and help us grow our business as well that's the plan and I think it's at that point we should just say that um, the whole recruitment process and the onboarding has all been done remotely yeah because of, obviously no one's got any choice at the moment We've, that's to move our business forward we had to do that and that's 
what we've done. So, Aidan, you're not the only employee we've got who's never met anybody else. <laughs> but you are the only one in the UK. We've got someone in a very similar position in um, Toronto who started a couple of weeks before, Sheldon, um, who you've met virtually, but um, yeah. you got as close to meeting him as I have. <laughs> it's been smooth, though. I mean, it is different, but... Um, I don't think it stops you talking to people and yeah, maybe your approach has to be slightly different, but um, I, to be honest with you, it's kind of, I haven't really felt it any, there's been any difference really, but I guess it's been seven years since I did anything like this. So um, mm. yeah, it's just, just how it is. Yeah. I mean, you're right, Tim, we, we've been through the whole, the whole interviewing process, the, the, the search and interview and, and the discussions that we've had over, over the, the intervening weeks and then getting you actually on board and, and you you leaving your previous business to come to invent all all virtual all yeah. over the net yeah and uh, I have to say it it has been very smooth uh, just the whole process it's been it's been remarkable really because uh, we haven't we haven't done that before have we Tim we haven't got anybody on board virtually like this before and then and then two like buses two come along at once don't they yes because of course when we in, funny enough couture was interviewed yeah and offered the job without us ever meeting her but the first thing she did the first day she started was get on a plane and she came to london for her induction that's right that's right um which was all, yeah, just over a year ago. But to have done the induction remotely is the first time we've done it. Yeah, and it's helped with um, the software that we chose. I mean, we we were looking at different types of software probably about two years ago. And because of the, the mix and diversity of, of our staff, i.e. younger than us, we were pushed into moving into into the Microsoft Office 365 uh, area and then through Microsoft Teams. So we were actually using Teams prior to, to COVID-19 taking impacts. When, when, we, uh, when we had to move to working from home, it, it was, wasn't, wasn't without a few bumps in the road, but it was, it was remarkably uh, easy to do or certainly easier than I thought it was going to be and then to fast forward a year when we've all been working from home for for this length of time to to be interviewing and then onboarding staff uh, remotely is is remarkable yeah I have to say it's I mean I'm a slow adopter of technology and I was a resistant to having virtual meeting I mean, I'm going back a year Oh, so, so it's all for the youngsters that then carry on if they want to send messages via Teams. What's wrong with texting? <laughs> uh, but funny enough, as soon as the lockdown happened, with about 10 minutes, I'd adopted it because I yeah. didn't have a choice, did I? So um, it bumped me into the 21st century, I suppose, and um, no doubt a lot of other people. And I think that's a permanent change. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think you're right. Change. Did. Um... Out of interest, did the 
consultants have their client meetings virtually before or was it always getting on the train and so it looks like uh tim's wi-fi has given up so <laughs> i think i'll i'll take that question aiden um so what we used to do was lots and lots of face-to-face -face contact um so we were uh up and down the country uh planes trains automobiles uh meeting with our customers face to face yeah um that was time consuming uh expensive uh and in hindsight um it was it was actually uh, very inefficient yeah um and one thing that we've we've learned uh, having moved across to uh, the online platforms that, that we're using, that um, we have, in our own view, we, we believe we've, we've become more efficient. We're certainly uh, able to uh, carry out our, our client services uh, uninterrupted. Uh, we've had lots of meetings where we've had you know, upwards of, of 15, nearly 20 people on, on uh, Teams meetings. Yeah. And it's been very successful. So uh, one thing that, that this this uh, pandemic's taught us is that, that we can move across, we can adapt yeah. uh, and be successful at it. And um, it's uh, you know great testimony to, to our staff that, that we've been able to, to shift across. So uh, no more uh, 5 a.m. Uh, starts <laughs> to, to get the train uh, uh, up north somewhere. But... Um, but you know it will come back, I'm sure, uh, and probably a, a good balance is uh, somewhere in between the two, with a bit of uh, office work and um, with a bit of uh, this uh, meeting uh, uh, online. So, um, but yeah, we, we've successfully uh, moved across. So um, onwards and upwards. Indeed. So uh, I think with that uh, seems to be a good good time to to end. Um, so thank you. Uh, particularly Aidan, uh, for your participation in this and welcome to Invent. Thank you, uh, thank you Tim, uh, as well. And uh, thank you to everyone who's watching and listening. Uh, please uh, like, subscribe, share, and whatever else you do uh, on social media. Uh, and that's it for this, uh, this podcast. But uh, stay tuned. Uh, as always, there'll be another one in the can. Uh, for the uh, the next, uh, stay tuned for the next issue of the Big Breakfast. So see you later. Thanks. Come to Invent for the highest R&D tax credit you can claim. We help construction businesses get back millions in tax credits every year. Contact us today for a free review. Thanks for joining us this week on the Construction Big Breakfast. Make sure to visit our website, www.invent.com, where you can subscribe to the Construction Big Breakfast on all platforms so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found value in the show, we'd appreciate a positive rating. Or if you'd simply share it with a friend, that would help us out too. Be sure to tune in for our next episode.